doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we'll be speaking with Andrew about mild traumatic brain injury. There's been a lot of talk in the media recently, especially around the NFL and concussions, about this idea that repeated head trauma can lead to cumulative effects. And Andrew was recently diagnosed with having had mild traumatic brain injury from repeated head trauma. And he'll talk us through that story today. Like many people living with chronic illness, Andrew has had a hard time finding help from the traditional Western medical system. So he's taken a very DIY, hands-on approach. He'll talk about biohacking himself, which is this concept of experimenting on yourself with different supplements, foods, sleep patterns, and trying to find your own best pathway to your optimal health through experimentation. And as part of this process, he also sought out practitioners outside of the traditional medical establishment. Andrew had a type of brain scan done that I'd never heard of before called a SPECT scan, S-P-E-C-T. So I actually looked this up, and according to the Mayo Clinic website, a SPECT scan produces images that show how your organs work. For instance, a SPECT scan can show how blood flows to your heart or what areas of your brain are more or less active. Andrew will tell us about his visits to the Amen Clinic, one of a handful of clinics worldwide who are using neuroimaging and SPECT scanning for psychiatric diagnoses. There's actually research being done about using SPECT scanning to help in the diagnosis of conditions like anxiety and depression. And it was at the Amen Clinic that Andrew was diagnosed with mild traumatic brain injury, an experience that had a profoundly positive impact on his life. At one point in this discussion, Andrew was showing me his actual images from his spec scans, and he's been kind enough to provide them so that I could share them with the podcast audience. So those images are in the podcast description. If you cannot see them, if you're listening on a platform that does not show images in the podcast description, you can just go find this episode on the Major Pain website, majorpainpodcast.com, and you'll be able to see them all right there. Like I said earlier, I did some research on spec scans, and I also read up a little bit about the Amen Clinic after recording this conversation because it was just so interesting. I'd never heard of anything like this before. And I immediately discovered that there is a lot of controversy around this topic. To generalize what I learned, there is some excitement around this idea of using spec scanning to diagnose things that were always clinical diagnoses in the past. And there are a handful of practitioners who are already putting this into practice. And from what I've read, there is not yet a scientific consensus in the medical community around doing so. And there are people who feel that to do so now is premature and potentially dangerous. Since I'm not a medical professional of any sort, I'm not qualified to weigh in on this controversy in, in any capacity. But I did feel it was important to let you, the audience, know that this controversy exists. The article I read stated some of the potential dangers, including radiation exposure, the high out-of-pocket cost, and the potential that, since scientific review still needs to be done, there could be changes in the future as to how this technique is applied. But of course, this is just one opinion on this subject that I found in a medical journal, and I just wanted to provide a, a contrasting opinion to what we discussed in the show. Andrew had a really great experience, and he'll talk us through that. And as someone, you know, who was being introduced to these ideas in the moment when I had this conversation, it's really exciting to hear about. 
After discovering this controversy around this diagnostic technique, I did reach out to Andrew and ask him if he would be comfortable with me um, just mentioning that the controversy exists at the top of the show. I don't want to diminish his story at all. It was so well told, such an interesting episode, um, and he was totally okay with me uh, giving you that extra context that in the medical field, this is a controversial topic. And as always, keep in mind that neither of us are medical professionals, myself or my guest this week. We are not medical professionals, and please do not take any action, any medical action, based off what you hear in this podcast without first consulting your doctor. One of my goals on this show is to just present ideas and to just present different people's stories and different paths that people have gone down. And this is a really different one than we've had on the show before. The way that Andrew thinks about his health and his mind uh, is really interesting. It was so fascinating to hear this story. So I'm really excited to share, with it, share it with you, and we'll get to it in just a couple minutes. We got a really lovely new five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts this week. So this is from Emily. It's called Thank You. Thank you so much, Jesse, and all of your podcast guests. Listening always makes me feel less isolated and alone. I've struggled to find disability community, and I really can't say enough about how much this podcast means to me. It's lovely hearing people from so many different walks of life speak about their chronic illnesses, disability, etc. I love that you also have people on the show who aren't just social media influencers. Love the representation. Keep up what you're doing, and thank you so very much. Emily, thank you so much. That's amazing. I, I love that. That really, really made me happy. Thank you. I'm really just truly grateful and thankful for this community that is uh, that we're building here. It's just so exciting. So for all of you who listen to the show every week, it means so much to me. For everyone who leaves a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we're up to 25 ratings, which is incredible. So thank you all so much. It really means a lot. I've started reading all of these reviews on the podcast as a thank you to the people leaving them, and I know that I missed some at the beginning of the podcast. You know, the first launch, the first weeks that we launched the podcast, I was a little overwhelmed with just getting it all up and running, and um, I know that there were some reviews that I didn't read on the show, and I tried to figure out which ones were which, and it was too complicated. <laughs> I couldn't figure out which ones I hadn't read yet. So if you've left a review on the podcast that I haven't read on air and you want me to read it, email me and I will read it, because I really appreciate every single one of those. You can always find me, uh, email me at majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. Same goes if you've left a review on another platform besides Apple Podcasts, or if you've left a review on Apple Podcasts in a country that is not the United States, I probably won't be able to see it. So feel free to email those to me directly, and I will read them on air as a thank you, because uh, it really does help out the show. Speaking of emails, I got a great email from India this week, our friend, the retired nurse, who has been helping to provide some medical context to the stories that we discuss on this podcast. So here's what she sent me this week. I listened to the podcast with Kelsey, another good one. I think you've created something special and helpful. Thank you so much, India. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, she continues, everyone who is interviewed does such a great job of describing their illnesses and defining diagnoses and terms. I'm glad I can be here to refine and clarify the definitions. Kelsey talked about palindromic rheumatism, which was her first diagnosis. She described it as a young person's arthritis. She's right in that it can start in the 20s, but it can also affect people up to their 50s or later. It's a rare, weird type of arthritis because the symptoms come and go. There can be sudden attacks of joint pain and swelling that last several hours to days, but then the symptoms disappear until the next attack. About 50% of people with this, with this diagnosis will develop rheumatoid arthritis, which causes joint damage and is, unfortunately, what happened to Kelsey. 
Later in the podcast, you talked about one of my favorite aspects of the brain, and that's neuroplasticity. I chuckled when you called it neuroelasticity, but it's completely understandable. The easiest way to understand plasticity is to think of Play-Doh. You can stretch it, that's the elastic part, and mold it. When you mold it, it retains its shape until you want to change it. Brains are plastic because they can change and once changed, can maintain the new functions, structure, connections, and pathways. But the changes aren't set in stone. Our brains are always changing because of the plasticity. There are things that can alter our brain that we can't control, such as accidents and illnesses, but there are also techniques and therapies that can sometimes help us restore dysfunctional parts of our brains, regenerate damage, like after a stroke, and even improve the way our brain works. It's incredibly cool and a bit of a mystery. That's a very short description. I'd love to go on, but you have a podcast to share. Happy holidays from India. So as I record this intro, Andy's actually here in the room with me. And she said, India's fabulous. And I agree. <laughs> and yeah, always good to remind you, I'm not a medical professional. I use words incorrectly, like neuroelasticity instead of neuroplasticity. Um, neuroplasticity is the correct way to say it. I will try to remember that. But the more I learn about this concept, the more it excites me. It's just so interesting. It's come up a lot on the show re recently, um, particularly in our discussion with Christelle about her traumatic brain injury. Ever since having that conversation, this has been something that's been really giving me hope, just hearing about what Christelle overcame and how her brain, uh, she taught her brain to rewire itself to get back to uh, functionality much better than she had after her accident. And it's just incredible. So it's something I've been thinking about myself, you know, trying to push myself to read a little bit more, to stretch my body a little bit more, uh, to, you know, apply this idea of neuroplasticity to my body as a whole. It's like if... If your brain can can heal, so can your body, you know? So, I've just been thinking about that and applying that to myself, and it's been really helpful. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that concept. I love getting more info about that from India. So, thank you so much. Extra special thank you to our three Patreon producers who have signed up to support this show on Patreon at the highest possible tier. Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, and Ensign Q. Thank you so much for helping to make this episode possible today. And special thank you as well to the rest of our Patreon community. It really, really means a lot to have a little bit of income coming in from creating this show, which is obviously a passion project of mine, but I would love to turn it into a career. So if you'd like to help support this show, head to patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast to sign up for as little as $2 per month. We now offer special monthly bonus episodes, and Andy and I We'll be sitting down in just a couple weeks to record our January episode. So if you'd like to give us a prompt, what you want to hear us talk about, it could be anything, movies, TV, health, whatever you want to hear us talk about. Um, for all of our Patreon community, there is a post on Patreon that only our Patreon community can see. It's our prompt for January for you to submit your questions. So don't forget to submit your questions for the next bonus episode. And if you'd like to see all the ways that you can help support this podcast, you can always head to our website, majorpainpodcast.com slash support. And with that, we're going to jump into our fascinating conversation with Andrew about MTBI, mild traumatic brain injury. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you. We've been emailing back and forth for a couple of months now, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to get to know you and to hear your story today. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I reached out to you because um, the podcast has really, um, really been moving. Like, like a lot of them, I actually cry. Oh, wow. Um, 
and and kind of inspiration um, or sympathy to to the guests and um, and I love hearing you laugh about some <laughs> of the challenging difficulties and um, and it's just not whitewashing it you know it's it's like um, being real wow so, well that means so much thank you so much I really appreciate that yeah and yeah. I I love laughing about hard things <laughs> I yeah. always I always feel like I have to whenever it happens, I'm like, I'm, I'm laughing because I relate or something like that. Cause you know, yeah. it happens a lot, but you know, for me, just like having the opportunity to talk to people about hard things brings me joy. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like having a, having a health challenge or, or any kind of challenge can, can really um, put, put you to the test, I guess, of, sure. of how you respond. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're not laughing, you're crying. So I prefer. Right. And sometimes you're doing both. Uh, yes. Or, or. Um, Laugh crying. Between them and, and the yeah. laughing doesn't quite seem real. And the crying seems, seems. Um, I just, I just had a good times. And I just had a good laugh cry recently. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. a piece of the puzzle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Andrew, why don't we get to know you a little bit? Why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm 48 years old, um, just uh, still recovering from a recent divorce uh, about a year ago, um, two two years ago maybe, um, and uh, I'm kind of currently unemployed, um, and. Uh, I have three kids. One's off in college. One's in high school, and my youngest is uh, is in middle school, and he experiences life with um, Down syndrome hmm. and autism and ADHD and um, probably some kind of obsessive compulsive disorders. And at some point, it doesn't quite matter um, what the labels and diagnoses are hmm. um, in my own experience and also as a parent with a kid with special needs. Um, yeah. So, so some of this podcast is, is, is going to be informed by, by having a kid with special needs too. Um, but, uh, but I, I reached out to you to talk more about my own story. Yeah. And that's, um, a, that's actually a really interesting point that at a certain point, the labels don't matter. Um, yeah. Because I think the labels matter for the rest of the world. It's like, the, as someone who's undiagnosed and doesn't have yeah. a word, um, you know, what I've always wanted is just a quick, easy word that I can just give to people to say, this is what's going on. But my own experience of it, the living the day-to-day -day of it, and finding what works for you and, you know, finding ways to work with your body. None of that requires this label. It, it can, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, um, because it can um, literally unlock therapies in the insurance industry yeah. or school um, support. Um, but it's also, um, like, like on the, on the back of my son's iPad, we have a quote from, um, Soren, uh, Kierkegaard, um, uh, was he Dutch or, uh, uh, a philosopher that, that, um, it, 
I think the quote goes, um, once you label me, you negate me. Mm. And that's probably a translation. Um, um, but there's, there's this weird power of, of um, having a word for an experience. Yeah, um, I love that. And yeah, you're putting me in a box instead of seeing the reality of me. Right. And, and, um, and sometimes it's good to know where you are in the world, what box you're in. Right. Like, um, yeah, but it's a double-edged uh, sword. Like you said, it's a double-edged sword. So it's not, it's not, um, and I felt, and like having a kid, um, that, uh, was born with a genetic difference down down's syndrome um is kind of that that um illuminates that journey of of having a diagnosis and mm. and being uh uh you know like as as a parent you have a a dream of i'll be throwing baseballs with my boy um and maybe it comes out a girl and maybe they'll want to throw baseballs but um but then if you have uh, a kid that is um, even more different than the usual, um, you, you're taken on a whole different journey. And a lot of times you, you have to grieve, um, you know, some of your dreams that you maybe didn't even know you had um, in expecting a kid or something like that. So, yeah, very interesting. So that, that's a whole nother podcast is, is <laughs> yeah. the parent, the parent um, uh, that, experience. That mindset, though, I think is applicable to so many different situations. It's applicable to, you know, living with a chronic health condition for sure. Yeah. When, you have, um, when you have dreams for yourself that are going to look very different because yeah. of what your body's capable of. And also relationships, too. I mean, when you hold expectations about what you want something to be and it ends up being something different, even if the different is awesome, you might get in your own way of recognizing it or allowing it to come into your life uh, yeah. because of the expectations that you have. So, yeah, I mean, lear learning to sift through your own inner monologue of all of these different, you know, desires and like how they interact with reality and finding ways to make reality as, as, as good as you can, you know, very, very relevant, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's jump into this. Um, Andrew, what is your major pain? Uh, you know, since I've been a listener, this question has, has plagued me since, <laughs> since I reached out to you. Um, and the way that I kind of wrote it down in, in my notes to, to think about this is that my major pain is, has been invisible, hmm. um, strangely, um, and kind of in, indivisible. Um, with my sense of reality um because um because recently i was i was diagnosed with a uh a concussion without losing consciousness is the is the official diagnosis um but it was like 23 years ago now um so it was kind of a hidden injury um and and it even goes back to my childhood um so so some of the symptoms are just the way i experienced the world um the way i grew up as a kid um 
the challenges I've I've had my whole life. Like, like it's the water that I've been swimming in. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, you don't notice that the temperatures of the water is getting hotter and hotter, and and because uh, it's it's your reality. It's it's um, kind of the way your your perceptions work and the way who you are. So. So having, um, having, I, I don't think about it as a concussion. Um, I think about it as a brain injury. Yeah. Um, which is a much more severe term. Um, and I think um, maybe a surprising choice that, that I would want to pick the worst of the way to describe it. Um, the the medical one of the medical terms is is called the mtbi or a mild traumatic brain injury which is similar to to concussion mm -hmm. um, which i think people know about the awareness is growing about it um especially from football and um, um military veterans that are coming back um with uh with brain injuries yeah um that uh that i i don't think about it as a mild in injury even even a concussion that many people heal from um and uh you know have to have to be careful for a few weeks and right and um feel back to normal yeah so what, um, what was the injury itself well there's there's several. Um, so concussions um, are additive. Mm. If, if you get one, um, then um, statistically you're you're more likely to get more. Um, and uh, and part of that's because how it how your brain is injured. Um, and so the the neurologic the neurological damage also doesn't like show up in a in a regular CAT scan or a regular MRI, because it's it's much more on the axon and the 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 blood flow and um, beyond what what the the first line of um, medical imaging can can screen for. Um, so the um, my my injury started out the the one that i remember uh started out on my birthday i was probably five or six years old um we can't um nail down the exact age um down on richmond beach um at my birthday party in july throwing rocks into the water with my preschool friends um and one of my friends um skipped a rock off the back of my head Oof. um and and those those memories are pretty vivid like like a, a traumatic in instant mm -hmm. um and i remember holding my head and being stunned um and uh i didn't s start crying or my memory as a kid is is not panic until i pulled my hand away and saw the blood um but like in the overall picture of that 
memory is it was a rock in the head. My dad was there. He, um, I, I didn't get to eat the birthday cake, but, um, uh, he, he gave me a guided med med meditation. Um, and, uh, I chose, chose the color of the pain and imagined clouds and blew the, the pain and the clouds away hmm. with deep breathing, right? Like, like pretty, pretty, um, awesome reaction and yeah, then i remember going helpful <laughs> yeah um uh so it's not recorded as like a a major trauma in my life yeah um it is at, in a distinct memory um but um but as a in in the in the 70s um I went to the the medics at the time and they, they stitched me up. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I remember it kind of as, as, a as an interesting experience because the medics blew up his big, um, rubber glove. And then however many stitches you got, you got another balloon that he blew up inside his rubber glove. <laughs> so I remember him, I, I remember this, this distinctly of him blowing up a balloon inside of a balloon um, and I don't even remember how many stitches I had. Was it three or seven or something like that? Um, and, uh, you know, so, so there's like kind of good parts to this, this, this kid memory. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and then, um, in grade school, um, there was also times in, in, in kindergarten where I was sick for a week um, and missed out on some of the letters. And I kind of went through a um, existential crisis thinking that I was stupid and that I'll never catch up. Um, and I don't exactly remember what grades, but there was kind of a feeling of, um, uh, not wanting to live like, like a little bit of a existential crisis as a, wow. as a kid. Um, and by third grade, I was tested for learning disabilities. Um, and I was in the shoreline school district, which, which is actually more progressive. So I was kind of lucky that, that, um, I was finally tested at third grade. The test was also misrecorded in, in my memory. Um, I don't remember the testing actually, but um, in, in my adult memory, it's like it was a slow learning disability, but the actual term is specific learning disability. Um, but that's not very specific <laughs> the diagnosis. It doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a, an odd, um, educational term. <laughs> um, so I, you know, in, in fourth, fifth and sixth grade, I started getting um, special help and, 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 and pulled out for um, spelling and language and, and, and things like that. And um, I don't remember it, it being distinctly different, but it was um, 
with the Slinger, Slingerland method. And I don't remember being specifically dyslexic um, or any of that. Um, I, I remember being challenged and having a hard time with school. Um, so there are kind of traumatic memories that um, were not associated together. Um, so, so there's, there's, um, there's funny memories that boil up. Um, like for example, in soccer practice, um, I remember hating, um, headballs, like, like doing the drills for the headballs. Like uh, it felt like I was woozy and, hmm. um, uh, dizzy and, and, and now I look back at that and it's like, oh, that's, that's not good to do if you've had um, a concussion <laughs> to, mm. to have multiple sub concussions and, and things like that. Sure. Um, and then in high school, I now think about skiing and it's like, Oh, how much, how many tumbles did I take that were um, uh, not, not good for, for the, for the brain um, in there. Um and then the most distinct concussion um, that wasn't labeled as a concussion was I was mountain bike riding um, when I was uh, in my late twenties um, before I got married um, up on Tiger Mountain, and um, and I was late after work, and I had to catch up with my friends who had already taken off. Um, so I was riding the gravel trails and. Um, uh, I, it was a downhill portion that I was going down and, um, it's a gated road. So I wasn't expecting any, any, um, traffic on it. Um, but there's a hang glider spot, um, way up at the top. So the hang gliders have a key to the, to the road. Um, and, I, and one of their big trucks came around a, a hairpin corner and, and, um, on my mountain bike and I swerved. Um, and again, it's kind of recorded as one of those, um, like I remember the, the grill of the truck. I remember the, the gravel. Um, I remember hitting my shoulder. Um, my, I went over the, the top of my bike and my wheel folded up and, and landed mostly on my side and, and mostly on my shoulder. Um, and it knocked the wind out of me. Um, and my helmet showed a, a little bit of a, a nick where it, it actually hit the ground. Um, but it's recorded in my memory as like feeling super lucky, like, oh, mm. shit, that was my life that just just um, flashed in front of in front of this truck. Um, and he stopped and gave me a ride back back to my car and. Um, you know, I caught my breath and I was sore on one side of my body. Um, but, uh, you know, my bike was, was, um, broken, but I was okay. Right. Um, and I went to the ER and, and had a cracked rib and they said, you know, have some Tylenol and acetaminophen and you should be fine. Um, and I don't remember any distinct concussion symptoms um, from the accident. So that, that's kind of why I say it's 
all these were invisible and kind of indivisible from my experience, right? Like they weren't tragic accidents. They were tragic, um, not tragic. They were uh, avoiding the worst case of um, death or something yeah. like that. Like, like if I hit the, if I had hit the truck, um, I would have been probably in the ICU or something um, if I actually hit the truck, but I, I swerved and missed and landed in the ditch. Um, so, um, so it's, it's kind of a long, slow story. Uh, one of the words I put down was kind of a dull crisis, <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's something's wrong, but it's kind of been off my whole life. Um, and, uh, and I, 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 I successfully learned to read and went to college and did pre-calculus and, um, and I studied industrial design, um, which is like product architecture for, um, chairs or telephones or, um, cars. Uh, you, you have a designer that's, that's on the team making the shape and the color and the form, um, which is really kind of using some skills of, of um, dyslexia uh, in, in, as an adult, I look back and it's like, oh yeah, that, those, those skill sets um, fit a greater pattern of um, seeing the world in, in 3D versus a, a 2D graphic and weird letters that are, um, uh, but for, for example, like alphabetical order is, is kind of a, a random order. There's no underlying sequence to it. It's just a memory of, mm -hmm. of the ABCs. Um, so, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's like my, my brain doesn't always think linearly. It, it thinks more like a spider web, um, okay. which is like great for a designer, but, but not so great to um, get linear, linear things done. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you had like a series of, um, of, of head traumas that. Mild head traumas. Mild head traumas. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, I think everyone goes through, something when they're a kid where they get knocked over, they fall down or whatever. Right. Um, and so is the theory that basically you had undiagnosed concussions and there was an accumulative effect to this. Maybe you never healed from the first one and it just kind of affected how your brain developed over time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What, um, what's the day-to-day -day reality of that? What does that feel like? Uh, and I know that like, this is, you know, it's so hard to say what, what is normal for anyone else because you've only right. ever existed as you, like you said, like this is the water you're swimming in. Um, right. So what, what are the symptoms of this? Like, how does this affect you symptomatically? Um, for me, uh, for me personally, um, some of the symptoms that, that I struggle with um, are like dyslexia, um, that's also related to light sensitivity. 
Um, so photophobia, um, which is connected to a huge portion of our brain. Um, my, my eyes uh, don't move the greatest and they're kind of misaligned. So that can give you a weird sense of being out of your body. Hmm. Um, and my hearing is also asymmetrical. Um, and I also have tin tinnitus. Um, so I have a kind of a constant ringing in, in my ear. Um, and um, so there's, there's kind of a misalignment of the geometry of your senses. So like your 3D space of your hearing, um, where you can look to know where the bird is chirping or to look at the person who's speaking, um, that can be misaligned to where your body is. Hmm. And that can be misaligned to where your, your eyesight is. Um, and some of these things are subtle and, and some of these things can be more, um, more severe neuro neurologically. Um, which may, may be part of um, some of, uh, for example, like autism or something. If, if somebody is, is really nonverbal and um, not attending to the environment and the people around them, um, there's probably some sensory um, mismatch um, that their brain is is struggling with hmm. um, as, as part of it. You got um, me thinking of like, if life is a video game and you are the controller, like yeah. let's say you're holding a controller and you have a joystick. Yeah. And when you push up to go forward, it goes like slightly to the left. Yeah. And then you like yeah. have to kind of figure out like the calibration is off. You Correct. know, it's like if you're yeah. using a mouse on a computer uh -huh. And you try to move over and click on something and the mouse goes the opposite direction. Right. So like you can get it to go to the right place by reversing your action, but it, it gives you a real headache because it's really yeah. hard to like yeah. think through a, a miscalibration like that. You know, I, right. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture this, this is so interesting to me because it's like a, a long accumulation of things that I'm assuming doctors probably just said, Oh, you're fine. You're a kid. You'll bounce back. Um, you know, like you said, you had this, this injury where you were lucky to have lived through the, the crash, but every human body is different. And you, you know, we all accumulate traumas in, diff in different ways and it can have, you know, right. like neurological effects. And how are you supposed to know? Because you're the only person living in your body. There's no one else in there right. to go like, Hey, it feels weird in here. You know, <laughs> unless, unless you're lucky enough to get a doctor um, that's aware of, of, of um, a lot of nuances. Yeah. Like, like there's, How did you there's find a ton that? of nuances that, um, that aren't, that, that they aren't trained in. Um, and, and also that um, like, like I feel like I've developed a very, in, in the last year, especially uh, a very different understanding of um, how the mind works. Hmm than um than than many people um and a lot of that's been like continuingly to to dig into um 
brain injury information, like how the neurology works. And, um, and you get, I, I get, um, uh, surprised by, uh, um, how, how the balance system works and how your balance, if your balance is off, your thinking is off. Hmm. And if you're, if you're, um, your balance is connected to your vision. Um, and, uh, like many of your senses are all intertwined. Um, so if they're kind of screwy and miscalibrated, like your, your mouse or your, your game controller, um, you adapt to like, oh, I need to hit up and left to get where I want to go up and left. And then you start doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and you can compensate and you can retrain your, your brain, yeah. um, to, to make it work. Right. So, um, and sometimes maybe a up and left will will um, unlock a secret key of a, a hidden talent, right? <laughs> sure. Right <up. laughs> yeah, like you said, it gives you a different understanding. So I yeah. I just recorded an episode with Christelle who had a brain injury, and it's not out wow. yet. But oh, okay. um, yeah, so much of what you're saying is um, is relevant. What you just said is relevant to this conversation I just had about how when a brain injury happens, you your brain, you know, it's it's like something will it's like a, a road where suddenly something smashes down in the road and the traffic can't get through, but right. eventually the traffic will learn how to go around this thing. Like if it's a giant boulder, the, the traffic will just go around the sides and then continue to go through. So like that the neuro- motorcycles get through, but the, the trucks, <laughs> yeah, the motorcycles will get through, but the trucks can't fit. That's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. Like your brain like, can rewire. There is elasticity, but it will be different than it was before. Right. I think that kind of, it's kind of what you're what you're getting at a little bit. Yeah, um, very much so. Yeah, yeah. How how did wow. you find a doctor who knew the nuances? That, that's mind blowing to me. That I mean, did you find an actual physician to help you who who knew these to- sort of nuances? Um, not as much as I've learned. Uh, mm, you kind of became your own. Yeah, your own I'm becoming advocate. my own. Yeah, my own advocate. Um, like this last year, it's it's um it's been a year. Uh, about a year that I've really um, uh, understood the the diagnosis of, mm. of having a mild brain injury, um, and that kind of came probably through some of the other diagnoses of ADHD. Um, uh, depression and anxiety so so some of these um so for me a lot of the the effects are kind of mental health issues Mm, um interesting is one scenario that you would you would kind of um define them with yeah that's so tricky that's so tricky sorry to interrupt i'm just imagining being that position because you know with my own health journey, I have felt a lot of mental health challenges that felt yeah. like disconnected from my own well-being or my own sense of myself. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, doctors don't care, you know? Like, <laughs> doctors hear you say you have anxiety, and instantly that's all that they're going to hear, you know? Right. Like, they're not willing to talk about anything else. But so many diseases, mental health challenges are a symptom 
And right. it's not really looked at that way. So, yeah, so that's that's really tough, you know, to 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 navigate that is right. really really difficult. Right. And one one way to um that I've conceptualized that um is uh is what I would call the the god of multiplicity. Like like you're like the world is so complex the the physicists don't agree with yeah. what what the matter and the and the atoms of the world are made up of is it a quark or a electron or is it a particle or a wave you know like what what's light you know we yeah. don't, we don't <laughs> quite know it yeah but we have we've got lots of formulas to describe it and the formulas keep getting better yeah um but but then on the more esoteric side of the spiritual side too is like there's my own personal opinion is there's many gods i i don't know what um you know there's there's more than one god mm. <laughs> out there there's so many ways to describe it um and that also fits with kind of medical um diagnoses or or um symptoms too of like is it anxiety or is it um high arousal from your <laughs> nervous system like yeah. like like um i find benefit both with being very specific and finding new words um and also keeping it generic yeah like like um i have emotional dysregulation so that's kind of the way i would say it now versus i struggle with anxiety or depression mm. um i like it, it. it's it's much more um accurate but also generic um and uh and it gives it gives me something that like yeah i can i can work on that <laughs> yeah do you also um, experience any uh like brain fog oh yeah um yeah very much so and chronic fatigue yeah um, post exertional malaise um mm. uh those and, are so and, uh, tough to get around just chronic fatigue and uh brain fog by themselves yeah it's like how do you get anything done through that it's really really hard it's 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 hard super hard um and and that's one where you can't even think your way out of in, right. a, in a way like <laughs> yeah. like to use any mindfulness tools or something is is like um super hard yeah um, you gotta get so, so this um, just for an example for brain fog, um, yeah. to prepare for this podcast, um, I've had a little bit of um, uh, Herba Monte tea. Yum. I've had some nootropics, um, ones that are tailored towards um, verbal fluency. Um, what are nootropics? Nootropics are, um, are like supplements for the brain, okay. targeted brain supplements. Gotcha. Um, some are choline some are there's a racetam family um some of some of them are failed like alzheimer's drugs mm. some of them are russian or japanese um performance enhancing um vitamins uh that their space agency developed um, <laughs> wow uh so so part of what I've been doing this last year is kind of biohacking mm. and um, listening to lots of other podcasts. Um, and I kind of think of it as a PhD in, in me. 
um, in it. Like, uh, like, like my whole life, I've been confused with <laughs> with what how I work. Like, I I never could figure it out. Yeah. Um, and and then you you kind of come upon like Wikipedia and and um, I, I'm kind of natural naturally curious, um, and I like to to dig around and follow odd threads of information. Um, and, uh, and sometimes like listening to the body keeps the score, which is a book about post-traumatic stress, um, uh, disorder, mm -hmm. PTSD. And that book totally overlaps with brain injury, um, because PTSD, whether it's an emotional or a physical trauma, it changes your brain. Yeah. Um, and your brain changes your physiology. Um, and it's a two-way street. So you can, um, your brain affects your body and your body affects your brain, right? So, so it's super tricky to figure out um, where the leverage point is, right? Absolutely. Um, I saw a chiropractor who said that everything is connected to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like a bone out of alignment, I, I was seeing him, I mentioned this like way back in an early episode, how I had a, my sphenoid bone in my, I, in my I face. I was re researching the sphenoid bone yeah. after that episode. I'll, I'll, yeah. So yeah, I saw this chiropractor and he put that bone back in place and he thinks it's because right. I, you know, I fell off my bike when I was a kid and landed on my front tooth and knocked yeah. a tooth out. And yeah. that's the only injury I can think of in my life that could have like messed with that bone at all. Right. Um, but, and, and I see, me, I, like, I will never know, you know, like I will never know for sure right. what, what happened, but I was having this like really intense hip pain and I, you know, sought chiropractic help. And my, my old chiropractor who was on the show back in uh, episode four, five-ish, uh -huh. four, um, yeah. uh, Dr. Derek Strachan, right. who I really miss since he's moved uh, his family back to Canada. Yeah, he's, I, I like that episode. Oh, he's I, so I great. Uh, yeah. And I haven't been seeing a chiropractor since he moved because COVID started, like, you know, I didn't feel right. comfortable going to an office, but he referred me to this guy who had me, you know, who adjusted this phenoid bone and this hip pain went away. Right. So, it, it was just kind of this mind-blowing moment. It's like, have I had this thing out of alignment my entire life that has made this big of a difference now. And I will never know, you know, like the, the hip pain could have been right. caused by something else, but my, you know, my own experience of what I felt and what I kind of assumed to have happened based off of the cause and effect of it all made sense to me, you right. know, like this thing's been out of alignment. It's pushing on some nerve that is like traveling down my body and causing pain down here. I mean that, you know, that's what, that's what they were trying to see if it would help. And it, it did help with that thing. They also right. thought it was going to help with the rest of my symptoms. They thought that it might be like a, you know, like this will fix the constant dizziness and exhaustion and pain and like weakness and uh -huh. stuff. Cause I guess they have seen that with this phenoid bone before. And obviously right. that didn't happen. I'm still in the midst of this thing, right. but, but it really, you know, that's my experience of what you're talking about, about like, how do you, track one thing to another you kind of just have to trust your own intuition and experiment on yourself and see what right. happens yeah and and chiropractic um in head in head injuries um 
minor minor ones like mine usually don't have um, distinct skull um, damage, hmm. but um, a lot of times you get uh, your vertebrae and your neck get misaligned or damaged or tendons stretched, and even your your top. Um, C1, I think is what they call it. I, I haven't gone to a chiropractic specialist yet, but it's on my um, do I need to go list. Yeah. Um, because I'm still having symptoms. Um, and the, there's Atlas Orthogonal uh, Chiropractor or NUCA in new CCA uh, are some of the specialists that, that kind of know some of those because um, because your neck has everything connected between your brain and body. Yeah. Um, and you have blood vessels going through your neck that, that, um, and all the nerves. So if your blood vessels um, get squeezed, you aren't getting enough blood flow. Um, if your nerves gets pinched, then it can create pain or numbness <clears throat> or all kinds of, um, uh, I'm not trained, so I don't I don't know yeah. uh, all the details. We are not medical professionals. Can't we are say not that enough. <laughs> um, and uh, and also it, it's part of your cerebral spinal fluid. Yeah. So so that flow of that um, spinal fluid can also be um, affected when you have even a minor car accident and you have whiplash. Um, to me and, um, the effects are like a brain injury, but it's maybe more to your brainstem injury. So you may not feel any difference in your cognitive thinking, um, feeling, but your body may be, um, dysautonomic now. Yeah. Like, and like yeah. your body's brain, your core life signals may be mixed up, um, and and so many so so I, I relate to so many of um, your your guests' symptoms, yeah, uh, of uh, like POTS, uh, postural orthostatic um, tachycardia syndrome. Tachycardia. I also syndrome. just recorded an awesome podcast um, about that that has not come out yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's so the that's, problem that's, of being ahead of the game on the recordings. Right. Yeah. So um, so you're gonna keep me listening to 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 the. We got good stuff episodes. coming. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be out awesome. by the time yours comes out. These things will be out. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, so that's, that's like a type of dysautonomia right. that, um, that is affected by mild head injuries. Yeah. And, and, and it's a, it's an epidemic of, of hidden proportion for like, you can you can have a bike crash, a scooter injury, a, a kid accident, a rear ender, um, and and many people even get X-rays and CT scans, um, MRIs to check if there's a brain bleed, like mm -hmm. in the ER, if they actually have a accident that's that takes them to the ER, um, and then there's no brain bleed, so you're you're okay. You have a concussion. You'll heal. Yeah, um, and it's like maybe not. There's, yeah, there's it, a it's like a lot of people of, will, but yeah, but some people won't, and then that's just kind of falling through the cracks. Right. 
and and there's a pathophysiology of of brain injury where um i'm not sure i'll describe this accurately but you get a you get a bump um your brain moves inside your skull it it doesn't even have to be a bump it can be a velocity change mm -hmm. um, which is kind of the way i think about my accident is because my i hit the ground really fast and my but my head didn't like hit hit the tree or the uh, or the ground um to give a, a physical blow to the head so like a a, a rear ender is kind of like a velocity change yeah. for your brain and there's also a ton of other brain injuries so um so i think that's where people's symptoms and the medical industry doesn't think about the brain um in general as as uh something that you can heal um and you can heal the brain um you can't necessarily regrow it and become the person you were but you can improve your brain function yeah um, I, I have okay i got some questions that are popping up for me so yeah how how did you get diagnosed like how how do you find out that you had uh this sort of mild brain injury you said like 23 years later right um, how how did you how did that happen uh well some of it was instigated because um because i was going through a divorce like like i i was i lost the wife that i loved you know my family was being separated hmm. um and we actually sold our our house uh during covid to kind of um it it was being rented um and that gave me a bunch of cash to to go do a brain scan so i i um uh i don't i don't think about this exactly but it's kind of like a midlife crisis like okay i'm i'm falling apart um i i kind of lost my career um I, i'm unemployed uh i lost my wife um i've i've got some kind of um uh adhd um depression anxiety um kind of chronic pain in the neck but you know you they it never stayed um went to the chiropractor it would get better but it, like recurring problems of the neck um and and so all these things kind of built up over time to aggregate into um knowing that i need to to get a brain scan um and 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 um so so during covid is is um when i reached out to the amen clinic um which has doctor's offices in california and bellevue um some on the east coast um and he specializes in um brain scans and kind of the he's kind of a maverick in his um psychology um psychiatrist psychiatry because he's he's pretty critical of the um the symptomology like like um 
like labeling you with a cookie cutter of what your symptoms are um, without taking a peek inside your brain and seeing seeing what's going on. Yeah. So, so I paid for a brain scan and it's um, it's not a structural brain scan. It's a kind of a metabolic brain scan. Um, it's, it's a uh, spect is the, the nickname for it. A single positron emission tomographic, a computed tomographic. I don't know. Oh, okay, uh, I've never heard of this. Is, so, it's like how, so how it's does big, it relate to like an MRI or a CT scan? It's similar in that it's a big machine that you that you walk into. Um, uh, and I was going into it um, thinking more like, what kind of ADHD do I have? Yeah. Um, and, um, but I was also pretty sure that I, I had some kind of brain injury, um, um, based on the, the, the work before. Um, so, so the spec is where they, they take a radioactive isotope technium, some 193 or something like that, (laughs) um, like I get into the details of, of being a designer. Like it, it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so they, they inject this radioactive dye into your bloodstream and, um, you actually sit in the, it's it's like an antique picture. You, you sit in this (laughs) machine for like 30 minutes. Right. And, and you're supposed to keep your head still and, and um, they strap it down. Like those photos where you big, can't smile because they got to have such a long exposure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, um, uh, they, they, they weren't that strict, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like these big, big giant um, radioactive receptors that are in a big triangle around your head and the triangle spins around and it, it's it catches each little radioactive decay in which way it goes um and and it shows the hot spots of where your brain is metabolically active wow and where it's not metabolically active um and it kind of shows um so i actually um brought uh a brain scan at least to show you oh cool um can you see it here? I yeah. Have to turn the light. Oh, yeah. So it's like, uh, it looks like it's like a cross section of your head. And I'm seeing it's like all blue except these bright yeah, so red areas that are lit up. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. 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 Um, so it looks like a 3D model yeah. of triangles. Um, and you can kind of roughly see the shape of the brain. And then there's all these red and white spots. Right, right. Um, that are highlighted on the inside. So um, so that's kind of the transparent view of um, looking in. And then, uh, then they have kind of a... Um, wow a false color image yeah uh, like that's looking at the bottom bottom of my brain there looks like um, a face <laughs> yeah a sad sad face yeah it's like um, this uh, rainbow colored representation yeah. of the brain right the rainbows don't really mean anything it's like um it's just a scientific way of um visualizing it gotcha but that one is the top view up right there okay um 
and you can see one side is kind of smoother yeah and the other side is all lumpy yeah that that is kind of indicative of head trauma really a bump because it's asymmetric okay wow um, so uh, my i've had some testing done that was not readily available before like there are so there's so much testing out there that is not offered by you know traditional doctors right that um like the and like the way that you interpret the results is kind of you know it's like we're not quite there yet without even understanding what we're doing with the tests um right. is, is this is this something like that where it's like some some medical experts have a lot of experience with this and recommend this but it's yeah. just not within the um not within like the zeitgeist of medicine as a whole where you just I, won't I, see it other places right it, it, because um because it is kind of a private practice clinic yeah. that, that he runs. Um, but he's also done studies on the NFL um, mm. concussions. And um, the, the Amen Clinic really has a lot of information on their website and tips um, that you can sign up for and, and learn things. Um, and they describe they describe mental health conditions in complex and smart ways. Um, so, I, so they, they aren't, um, they're using some of the, the, the psychiatric framework, but they're also differentiating it because they're looking, they're doing blood tests. Um, they're looking at your brain function. Yeah. Um, where, where is it hot and where, where is it not? Um, and, and that's kind of humbling um, to get a scan of your brain, right? Like mm. it's, it's like, oh shit, that's, that's me. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I experienced from the brain scan is that, that, um, that provided me a huge amount of, um, clarity like oh shit this is i, I gotta work on this yeah um, this is here's this a picture is, um, of there's half a of my half my brain yeah. is lumpy <laughs> i'm asymmetric yeah um the, this no is also this is so fascinating because concussion is something that is so common and it's like very often it's just said oh well you'll just heal but then we're right. seeing all sorts of evidence to the contrary. And this is something that's so frustrating about medicine is when yeah. you have clear evidence that there is something more going on. And because the research hasn't been done, it's just ignored. Right. It's just like, well, no studies have shown that. So it's not real. It's like, well, maybe you haven't right. run the right study yet. Right. <laughs> but like it's, it's changed since the seventies. Yeah. Since the eighties, it's changed since the nineties, it's changed. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and it's it's exploding right now from how much is changing. Um, so I think there is hope. Absolutely. Hopefully, it's not fifty years before we get smart enough to to um, target our interventions for for depression or yeah. anxiety. Be because um, fr fr frankly, I'm I'm pissed. Yeah. Um, that that um, that I slipped through the cracks. Um, yeah. And not just that, but you—I'm sure you were just blamed for your own symptoms all the time. 
Uh, by myself, <laughs> me blaming myself is maybe yeah. the worst of it. Yeah, well, um, that's huge. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. what does that feel like to finally have, um, you know, a piece of paper with an image on it that can give you some potential answers? You know, and like we said, we can't. You can't know. Like we don't have the tools to know these things for sure. It's like, right. are it's, these lumpy things on my brain? Is this why I am the way I am? I don't know if it is possible to have like a hundred percent definitive answer, but it gives yeah. you something. It gives you something to look at in a new way, to look at yourself in a new way, and to maybe try a new avenue to try to heal and try to get better. And that's all yeah. that any of us can ask for, because that's the real test. Yeah. If I implement this into my life, do I get better? Um, so. And I know that, you know, we're just talking about in the last, like, bit of time since COVID, like the last year or so. So, what changes have you seen in yourself now that you have this new frame of reference to understand yourself? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, been, it's been complex. Um, because partly getting that, that selfie of yourself, the picture of your brain, yeah, um, is has totally like um kind of fractured and reintegrated my sense of self hmm. um and now thinking about all kinds of things in my in my past um you know why my marriage uh wife why my wife wanted to leave me um why i struggled in grade school uh you know like all these things kind of fall are falling into a constellation. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's part of it. That's like a spiritual journey of like, um, uh, coming to awareness that really you are kind of a fractured, um, you have some fracture in your personality and life history. And some of that is because your brain has not put everything together in a timeline. Um, it has these fragments of memories. Um, but it's also something that's like, oh, what are, what are these other interventions that can help improve brain function? Sure. It, it's not, it's not like you can, um, uh, uh, regrow portions of the brain that have physically been damaged. Um, but the the um there are portions of the brain that are under oxygenated mm -hmm. and under blood flow supplied not not enough capillaries mm -hmm. um and you can start to um stimulate portions of the brain um either with supplements um i've like i've changed my diet um, to a brain healthy diet, uh, autoimmune protocol diet, um, because brain injuries, um, especially mild brain injuries, kind of set off the concussion sets off a slow burning oxidation and inflammation um, in your brain that simmers there hmm. um, and can simmer there for for years. Um, so, so your brain is kind of rusting um, from wow. oxidative stress. Is, and diet can help way. with that? Yeah. What, yeah, what, what does that diet look that. like? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's most closely re 
Um, I mean, I'm kind of doing a mix of my own and biohacking experiments. Yeah. Um, it's uh, very similar to the ketogenic diet. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is cutting out um, sugars, cutting out. Um, it, it's also the low, low carb foods that that uh, yeah, it's low carb. I actually um, have I've done the keto diet a couple of times on a couple uh -huh. of different doctors' recommendations. Right. Yeah. Uh, where you're basically burning fat to get yourself into ketosis. Right. To, for energy instead of burning um, carbs right. or sugars for energy. Yeah. Right. And yeah, anyone listening, do not take action on your diet because of what you're hearing on this podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. talk to a doctor, do research. Um, yeah, this is, this is right. one person talking about what works for them. Yeah. Um, and the science is changing too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because uh, sometimes you hear, hear um, some more of the cutting edge doctors talk about like Alzheimer's being a type three diabetes of insulin resistant brain. Mm. Um, so there is, there is emerging evidence of um, other kinds of dementia things Interesting. Um, has, that are diet related. Have you but felt a change with the diet? Um, I haven't felt a change with any one intervention. Hmm. Um, so, so I've been working on my diet. Um, the Amen clinic prescribes a whole bunch of supplements. Um, they have their own brand, um, <laughs> brain MD, which makes it easy because they, they kind of, um, have the high quality in the, the mix of supplements that are kind of backed by science. So it's, so, so they're, um, they're on the cutting edge of, of research. Um, uh, they also prescribed electrical stimulation. Um, mm. Alpha stimulation is what it's called. So you put little two foam pads on your temples and um, you have a sweatband and you have a little device that pulses um, electricity through your skull and your brain. Wow. Um, and that's supposed to stimulate um, your prefrontal cortex and just get it pulsing and calming it down into the alpha, the alpha brain waves. Um, I was also prescribed, a, a antidepressant, mm -hmm. um, um, which maybe has been, uh, like I had given up on prescriptions and antidepressants from the, the 10, 12 years before my brain scan. Um, so, uh, so they recommended one that, that was different than any of the standard cookie cutter ones I tried. Um, and I think I've tried that one too. I think that's one that also helps with nerve pain. Yes. Yeah. Like many, many, many medicines are strangely like, like heart blood pressure medicines and nerve pain. Mm -hmm. Um, like all the pain medications use kind of blood pressure medicines and, um, and venlafaxine can be used for migraines and nerve pain. Yeah. Um, I've tried a bunch also, of them that are, that can help with that. And I haven't, yeah. I haven't hit the mark yet. I just I tried amitriptyline recently and it uh, helps like some of the nerve pain and then made like uh, my, my uh, gastroenterologist recommended it. 
because he was talking about having migraines in your stomach, which I'd never heard about before. Um, and I've been having stomach pain for years. So he, I tried uh-huh. amitriptyline. Nerve pain in my stomach went away. Nerve pain everywhere else got way worse. I'm like, I can't. Got way worse. Yeah, right. I can't like, right. it, this isn't worth one gone to have like all the others worse. Right. You know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah so it's the, tricky. So many find the people right thing. with brain injuries more significant than mine um, really do suffer suffer from migraines and pain and and symptoms um way beyond what i've i've experienced but but i actually think that i um uh experience pain but it's like below the threshold Hmm. it's like the water hasn't boiled yet Hmm. Um, yeah and i'm and i'm struggling but i i i can't I can't label it. It's not in any, any one place to identify where yeah. that anxiety is coming from. Well, is it yeah. anxiety or is it brain, brain struggling? Yeah. Um, it's tough. Like if you think pain of the- or, or um, uh, and pain, pain is so weird when I, when I research it, that it's, it's um, like you can, you can lose your arm in an accident but you can have your phantom pain right without without any of your your arm there yeah um, and sometimes that phantom pain um can be eliminated or reduced um with hypnosis or with um a mirror and tricking your brain into seeing, huh. seeing your hand. Um, I, I should send you a link on, um, on a neuroscientist. Yeah. Um, I've never heard that. That's fascinating. Like when you stand so, in the middle of a mirror and you're seeing yeah. the right side of your body duplicated on the left. So it looks on like, left, right. So you yeah. wiggle your, your real hand yeah, and you see your hand. That's, that's, um, a phantom limb. Yeah. Um, can help like re- relieve a chronic um, muscle spasm or something. Wow, like that. that's interesting. Like, like, but 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 I don't want to make it sound like it's all in your mind because it's both top down and bottom up, right? Yeah. Like your body is is um, in pain, and even if it's phantom pain, it's it's real pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if your brain is sending out pain signals whether or not you have a cut if you feel like you have a cut you're still right. in pain you know it, it, like it, like nerve pain just feels like this tingly burny like i have this like tingly pain all the way up and down the right side of my body and my doctors think that it's nerve pain um and for years because like whenever we look at the actual spots that hurt when they couldn't find yeah. anything there they would just say that it's not real or it's all in my head but it's right. like wh- that's completely unhelpful because if i'm having neurological pain and I'm feeling it down the side of my body, like, first of all, that's diagnostically relevant. And second of all, it's very real, you know, just because there's no physical injury doesn't mean that the pain doesn't exist. And yeah, to like discount it is not real is like incredibly unfair. And for someone with like phantom limb, if you have like, you know, like if, 
if you're you're feeling the the nerves that are supposed to be going to a place right. and your brain is confused by the information yeah. that it's getting and it's right. interpreting that as pain that's like 100% real you know yeah so yeah it's very the way the way that the, that a lot of people talk about the reality of pain is very frustrating for me because yeah. if you have like a low grade full body pain and you don't know what it is um you know, you got me thinking about the analogy that I love of the nervous system as a bucket where it's like uh -huh. filling up with water and like right. trauma and, you know, or disease or all this stuff is like the water. Right. And if it yeah. starts to overflow, uh, then your brain starts to go haywire and it, you can have all sorts of like bizarre pain and, you know, right. like dysautonomia and stuff like that. And it sounds like you're kind of describing like your bucket is filling and you're trying to find yeah. ways to like, you know, maybe poke a hole at the bottom and kind of relieve the pressure a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and hopefully what you've discovered with this clinic will help, you know, you said that no one intervention is helping. Do you feel a difference overall with the combination of all of this together? Yeah. And, and there's even more that, that we haven't talked about. Um, so there's, there's diet, there's nutraceuticals, there, there's some techno gadgets, um, for electrical stimulation um and uh one of the things they did prescribe me was um mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy hmm. so some of your guests have used it for yeah for, for Lyme, Lyme disease. disease yeah yeah um and uh yeah and in our so chat with emily she was talking about that yeah um and and many of your guests um uh i i have this very strong reaction like it's the brain. Hmm. It's, <laughs> you guys are missing the brain uh, in, in this part. Um, for the doctors, like, yeah. like uh, and and the therapy for for you guys, um, which is kind of why I reached out to you because I like I finally just couldn't. <laughs> Like, like I had to tell you, that, Jesse, it's your brain. <laughs> Start treating your brain here. Yeah. Um, and I know you don't like unsolicited advice so much. And, and people, um, like when you have a chronic condition and somebody tells you something. That, have you tried yoga? <laughs> have you tried yoga? Yeah. And um, yoga has been amazing. Yeah. I love yoga. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Especially yin, yin yoga. Um, and also um, uh, exercises called TRE, trauma release exercises. Oh, I don't know that. Um, which are kind of mild exercises to like tire out your legs. Um, and there's, they stretch, um, like some of them are like sitting against the wall so your leg muscles get tired. Hmm. And the idea is to tire out your muscles till they start trimmering. And the trimmering works your um, central pattern generators that are kind of bundles of neuron located in different parts of your body. Um, and that can help reset your stress system. And those, those actually really helped me a lot. I, I'm not actively doing them, but they, they really felt like they, you, you can find videos online. If you, if you um, search at, uh, TRE trauma tension and release exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's like going from the body up to help, um, shift gears. Cause I, cause I feel like my body's been in chronic stress 
overload for decades. Yeah. Um, like all my systems are stuck on, um, and, and, you know, one session of deep breathing isn't going to do shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but breathing is like super important and like sleep is super important. Right. Um, and relaxation uh, is accumulative relaxation is cumulative and how your mind your mindset um does affect your brain totally Um, not to say that it's your fault but it can help you know like that's that's the distinction that i feel like a lot of doctors ignore is like when you mention anxiety like oh well it's your anxiety that's causing all these problems you know right but like and and it gets tough because then the patient gets defensive and it's like, well, no, you need to give me something else, you know, or, or like the patient, like me for years, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to go to a therapist because the doctors kept telling me I had to, you know, right. um, but therapy is great. And I've really benef- benefited from it. Um, and it's like helped to lower that overall stress level a little bit. And every little right. bit helps, you know, it has not, right. it has not cured me by any stretch of the imagination, right. but it's helpful. Yeah, so, so that's, that's the other part that I want to try to reinforce is that it's it's a constellation of therapies Um, especially to try to shift your brain or your body out of traumatic stress or or um uh incredibly intense symptoms yeah Um, and and some of the mild mild brain injuries affect your hormones Mm. um and um like, but you have to go to a specialist for a neuroendocrinologist, somebody that understands brain injuries, and um, but that happens. Um, and and as part of my questioning, when I listen to many of of your guests, of like, um, have they had some minor head traumas in there? Because like your pituitary gland is like this little pea on a on a stalk that needs blood hmm. and that's one of the glands that can get damaged um yeah that's a key to regulating um the whole cascade the whole the whole constellation of your hormones um, so if you've had a head trauma and then you've had um like i'm thinking of andy with her pituitary adenoma um if a head trauma is involved in that what can what do you do um, you can, well, you can start, um, hacking your hormones differently, um, either, either by direct supplementation, um, or, uh, for example, I'm, I'm in brain injury. Um, they talk about, uh, a precursor to the hormone called pregnenolone. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so I'm taking that as a supplement, um, which is uh, you know, like many of the body chemicals go through all these chemical transformations of um, like testosterone. I don't remember them all. This is not <laughs> this is not medical, but but like testosterone is a is a well, what is it like? L tyrosine is is a precursor to dopamine. Mm-hmm. That that one I think is in in the right chain of events. So you can supplement um, 
certain nutrients to increase your your dopamine's um your body's creation of dopamine yeah um, like give yourself the precursor yeah to get more of the thing that you're lacking right yeah and and much of medical industry is about the direct intervention like sticking testosterone in your in your butt and giving you a giving you a shot of testosterone mm -hmm. which i tried and and it it didn't really shift anything yeah um, uh but on my blood blood tests it was um so sometimes if you have a, a minor or major brain injury your hormones are low not abnormal mm -hmm. but they're low yeah um so you don't get flagged as as um a distinct disease um but if you're low in in human growth hormone or testosterone over time your body changes um and it's not an optimal level of testosterone right um, for example in my case um so i i haven't been to a neuroendocrinologist um uh partly because i have a problem because i have this private doctor who i can't really pay anymore because i'm running out of money mm -hmm. um and i'm trying to get them to to send um the brain scans to my my um primary care provider and it's just kind of a mess and i don't i don't um like i'm coming in through the back door yeah uh, trying to get into the brain injury clinic um it's not going so well yet um, yeah that's tough and my motivation um to to um manage keep calling look at their websites um has been a uh a, a, a super challenge for me absolutely um, that uh, stuff is so hard with brain it, fog it's just kind of so brain hard. fog and morally oh uh it's hard anyway. Like you're always on hold yeah. and then someone says they did the thing and then the thing wasn't done and you're just trying to keep right. track of stuff that you can't even see. It's just a right. nightmare. So it's so so I'm not doing a good job at that. Um trying to get back into the regular medical system. Yeah. Um and so for the last year I've kind of been doing more maverick things like I bought my own hyperbaric chamber. Oh wow. Um and uh and the usual amount of dives is like 40 hours for the first set and then you can do another 40 and another 40. um and i've done um this last year probably like two or 300 hours um and i'm increasing the frequencies because i still feel benefit of, of wow. going into the oxygen rich isn't, pressure environment isn't there a danger um, of over oxygenation not so much in the mild chambers the home chambers mm. um there's uh that is part of it um it's, it's especially risky in the in the high pressure chambers uh, in the two or three atmospheres mm. um where uh where you're actually in a hundred percent oxygen um environment so then they have to give you air breaks to um to keep you from going into um 
oxygen toxicity. Yeah. Um, so, so like many things, you can have too much salt, you can have too much water, um, and um, not enough salt and not enough water. Right. And everybody is different too. <laughs> to know yeah. like where your optimal place is, yeah. is really tough. So uh, you're just kind it, of just experimenting on yourself and finding things that help and then leaning into them. Yeah. 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 So, so I'm trying to do it smartly and stay within the science, um, which is not necessarily been accepted into the mainstream. Yet. Yeah. And it's still um, developing too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's also hasn't been funded by research because the pharmacies, pharmacological industries are pretty powerful and, um, and even I, I even so like I I have subscribed and researched a lot into ADHD, and um, some of the websites out there, um, you start reading some of their opinion pieces, and they're they're totally um, gaslighting or or poking holes that you don't you don't need a spec brain scan, you just need an accurate diagnosis of ADHD. Um, and it's like, well, wait a minute, what time out, what, what's going on behind this opinion piece? Is it, mm. is it a ADHD doctor that's, that's feels threatened? Is it, is it, uh, somebody that likes to prescribe drugs? Is it the, the drug company that would rather you be on Ritalin than, than, um, doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Mm. Um, you know, this, I, I don't want to talk about some of the politics of the, but, but once you start understanding it and experiencing the benefits you start looking and reading at news articles especially and like oh that's a that's a that's uh they're stopping short of of telling the truth in that news article they're they're, mm. they're leaving it wishy-washy like oh this might be a uh breakthrough in alzheimer's research or something it's like no the <laughs> There's been like 200 drug failures of Alzheimer's research in it, and it seems to be more of a metabolic issue with our standard American diet um, than having a magic bullet and a magic therapeutic drug to yeah. cure it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's so true that the interests of the people writing the thing that you're reading will change the information, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just our our country, just like the political divide, we, the same information is, you know, regurgitated from completely different points of view that makes yeah. the, out, the outcome seem completely opposite, which, which right. is absolutely maddening for people on both right. sides. And yeah. a, a large part of it is because people are behind the scenes are profiting off of that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely or, or something. defending against, um, like, like, um, some some of this is just my feelings. I, I like I like I I kind of see like oh the insurance industry might might actually understand how big of a problem this is, and then they settle all their claims hmm. before um, before we really understand what <laughs> what the damage is in a car accident, right? Yeah. Um, so what what is your if if you you know you're seeing an improvement overall, what does that look like? Um, uh, an ability to focus, hmm. like to be in control of your mind, is is uh, 
a huge gift. Yeah. Um, and I'm still not fully in control because I, I don't want to call my doctor. Um, I can't follow up on the details. Um, a pain, you know, doing some of the daily tasks has been a super challenge. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so that kind of comes up, um, like I, I also no longer think depression is that useful of a, a label. Um, uh, I think I struggle something that it actually is maybe more um, chemical or metabolic of like um, uh, not having intrinsic motivation. Hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you, you get into, um, understanding different terms like anhedonia or abulia. Um, and one term that, that really made sense to me in PTSD was, uh, alexithymia, um, where you're confused about your, your internal state. Like mm. you don't, you don't quite, um, understand how you feel. And it's like, oh that that sounds way more specific than depression or dysphoria um like you like so many things overlap in our language um that we don't do the the best job of even um knowing what to what words to use when you go to your doctor it's like yeah. i have pain well you could probably have a whole encyclopedia of words and language. And um, th this is where I, I like, I love listening to actual patients. Yeah. The words they use that can unlock uh, a whole new way of thinking for me. Like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that that tingly um, happens before a, a migraine or something like that. Oh, the aura. Yeah. Um, that, that, that um and there's there's sometimes like adhd um there's a emotional dysregulation that's not really talked about um uh that well um at least in the diagnostic criteria yeah um, and one way of describing that is rejection sensitivity dysphoria where you have a, a flash flood of yuck um <laughs> is um is one way that that made sense to me like like um um so i get these really strong uh emotions that are disorienting yeah um and and that that's tied in with brain fog and um eye movement that that um so i i'm doing um some of my own eye exercises. Uh, going to a neuro ophthalmologist is probably on my on my wish list um, mm. to go to. Um, there's one in Chicago called the Mind Eye Institute that seems super smart um, because your eyes are actually part of your brain. The retina is nerve tissue, um, brain tissue um, that that come out in development and and we form around our eyes and brain yeah um, yeah you're just on this journey you're just on this 
and it you, keeps going. Yeah, right? you're like, just trying to like find this podcast can be like like healing. a year long. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and, we should start um, to wrap things up just for time. Yeah, um, there's. Uh, I, I feel like you know, there's so much going on for every single person, you know, yeah. and like just hearing your story, it's just there's. I can just tell that there's an overwhelming amount of information that you have learned, and you know, yeah. so much that you've experienced, um, and the way that you talk about it is so interesting because it's. I, I'm. It's so much of it is so relatable, you know. Yeah. And also, like, there's this element of that's kind of terrifying. It's like if head injury is being severely under-researched and underdiagnosed, you know, how many people out there are searching for answers to something that they will never find because the people that they're going to find answers from don't know where to look. So, right. I mean, I know that that's something that you have felt listening to the show, like yeah. what? What would you say to anyone who um, maybe has had a uh, a concussion or or multiple concussions and is living with long term undiagnosed issues? Um, what would you say to them? Uh, keep keep working on brain function. Um, I found a lot of help in in um, some of the face group support groups out there. Yeah. Uh, there's one called the, the concussion community. That's been, that's been awesome. Um, you know, talking with other people is where I've learned the, the most useful information Yeah, because it's, it's the, it's the people are, it have experienced it in their own words. Um, so, so I think that's why I've, I've really enjoyed and gotten into your, your podcast. Um, and some of my symptoms overlap with a lot of other, um, yeah. uh, issues out there. And there's, many of them are kind of mysterious. There's so much um, commonality in, in so many different illnesses. That's probably yeah. why so many things are hard to diagnose because two yeah. people could walk into the office with the same disease describe it in a completely different way and get sent to right. completely different specialists. Right. And who knows what and happens. They walk next. into two different doctor's offices. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, totally. Yeah. So, 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 so I, I think there is um, a lot to be learned in the nuances of your symptoms. Yeah. Um, and to get into more of a biohacking, um, like a lot of, like, there's not, there's not a, there's not one drug that's going to cure my brain. Um, it's exercise, it's sleep, it's diet. Um, it's, uh, maybe, maybe a targeted pharmaceutical, which I, which has helped me. Um, and, uh, that, keep, keep digging. I mean, yeah. um, and, and, um, like one of the symptoms that was maybe the first one that, that I began to understand um, was being light sensitive, mm -hmm. that light can drive your pain thresholds and your anxiety in my experience. Um, and you can see I'm wearing some purple glasses here. Yeah. So these are like a custom tint of um, uh, from the Irland Institute. Um, I are, uh, L E N Helen Erlen is the, the woman who started working with dyslexia clients and, um, and color affects how you can read, especially black text on a white, white background. 
Um, but the farther you go into neurology, you understand that your eyes are cued into your biological clock, your eyes are tied into your arousal state, whether you have brain fog or not. Um, there's motion neurons that are looking for motion. So, um, so that mouse might trigger your um, panic fight or flight if it runs across your table. Um, like your eyes are are um, way more than just a window into your soul. They're they're a window into your brain function. Mm, yeah. um, and there's uh like like there's so many nuances and in intertwined things um, that I just I just kind of want to say keep keep working on that rat's nest um, <laughs> and finding the loose threads to, to research. Yeah. Um, because you don't know which thread, you know, is the one that's holding the knot together. Right. You right. Gotta well, it's overwhelming. I mean, I think for some people, you know, I've gone back and forth where it's like, sometimes I just want to like dig into the rat's nest and see what's going on. And other times yeah. it's like, I can't stand it in here one more second and I need right. to just like stick my head out the window and get some fresh air and, you know, put this down for a while. Yeah. Like finding ways to balance that experience can that, be really important. That is totally healthy too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, yeah. uh, so, I mean, you know, you have this brain scan, you have this evidence of trauma. Okay. Do you ever have fear that maybe there's just something completely out of left field that you haven't discovered yet? Like maybe some like random virus or something else. Um, well, the, this um, there there is. I, I have been bitten by a tick mm. in Washington State as a kid, um, and I have had like a week long of some kind of sickness or week or longer. I don't remember. Fourteen days. Oh wow! A chunk chunk when I was a kid and missed on missed out on my alphabet. Um, yeah learning uh so that is part of it um and that is part of why i just decided to buy a hyperbaric chamber in case um, it was lyme disease because it it works for both it's kind of a yeah. generic it's kind of a generic um therapeutic device hmm. um uh and it's uh and and i it has been up and down. So it hasn't been like, Oh, I got this brain scan. And it's like, I'm six, six weeks, weeks later, I've, I've got, <laughs> got it all back together. No, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm on the journey and I'm feeling like I'm on a good trajectory. Yeah. Um, and I think some of it, I did go through some herxing and some, some pretty severe dysautonomia. Hmm. Um, uh, and concussion-like symptoms of feeling nauseous and dizzy and, and my light sensitivity um, totally flamed up and I had to sit in a dark room and, yeah. and like, um, yeah, uh, it's like you said, all the, the spider web, like all these pieces are kind of coming together and you're, you're seeing connections there and right. you're acting on those connections because right. you want to feel as good as you can and you, you've pinpointed these yeah. issues that you want to try to overcome and you're just working at it and, you know, yeah. and like you said, like hacking yourself and trying to find right. the best way to make your operating system run as smooth as possible. Yeah. So there's, there's still mysteries. Um, yeah. Like I, I have um, 
they aren't they aren't as severe as some of some of your guests um but i have nasal allergies to um pollen um dust mites mold um and um and just having chronic rhinitis um can change brain function so there's some studies out there um that they've done brain scans and like oh it, it ha- just you know so so just having one symptom of of uh, nasal allergy hmm. um is like filling that bucket right yeah uh, instead of with healthy water and healthy food you've um filled it with uh inflammation or or yeah. uh, like like i i do feel like there's a lot of similarities to like mast cell um uh in uh mast cell activation syndrome yeah um, and anything with a syndrome is like the doctors don't know <laughs> what's going on yeah um, we are just we are so, we are puzzled so <laughs> yeah the the closest one for me is post concussion syndrome yeah where you have persistent um functional problems um that last and and there's actually a lot of specialists so so if you do have a concussion or think you have had a concussion um especially if it's active there are functional neurologists you can go to there's there's concussion specialists um i wouldn't listen to your standard doctor um unless they actually kind of have have known somebody on on the journey <laughs> um like i would try to seek out practitioners that that understand brain injury and concussion specifically. Yeah. Um and my last question for you, what would you say to yourself if you could send a message back in time to your childhood? It sounds like you've been swimming in these waters your whole life. Yeah. It what what could you tell yourself at the beginning of that swim that might be helpful? Um that uh Yeah, this this question um is good um and it feels like a therapeutic technique um <laughs> how to how to rewrite your story um like for that young little andrew um that got hit in the head with a rock um yeah uh i would probably try to tell him that it's going to be okay but it's going to be a hard hard journey. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you did a really amazing job today. You know, there's so much experience, so much, you know, hard-fought experience in there. You know, what I really appreciate about your story is that you know, you're living in this thing that's just tough and people aren't going to understand it. People won't understand yeah. you. You've had your own trouble understanding yourself. But your desire to live healthy and happy is something that you're just fighting for, you know? And, like, that's something that a lot of people um, haven't been able to do. So, to fight for yourself, you know, is, like, so important. And to stay on that journey and to keep trying new things, get creative, find things that work, lean into them, you know? Sometimes that's, you know, sometimes that's the best we can do. And the finding the strength to do that is extremely difficult and and especially inside of any sort of uh emotional health challenge so 
yeah. I can just really feel that you've done that and are continuing to do that. And I think that's so admirable. And I really, really appreciate you sharing your story with us today and, you know, putting a lot of thoughts into a lot of people's heads that maybe weren't there before new things to consider. Um, you know, that's what the show is all about. Putting new ideas in people's heads. Um, like everyone's journey is different. And a lot of us are kind of, um, it's like we're treading water out in the middle of, of an ocean. We have no direction. We have no idea which way to go. It's like l- health is land and it's out there, but right. we just have no idea where it is. And there's right. just like this ocean of sharks down beneath us. Um, and just having any idea about which direction to go is valuable. So yeah. you've given us some things today that I haven't heard before. And, and that's a real gift. So Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons Naomi Adele-Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, and Brooke Walters-Schmidt, and our $25 per month producers Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, and Ensign Q. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.